can you come? Are you here? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, sometimes we just take the Word of God for granted. You know, it's just a preacher preaching, and we come and we sit in a service, and, and uh, you know, we, we take it and we take bits and pieces of it. But, you know, here at Eastside, one of the things that we desire tremendously is to get a Word from God and, and get out of the way as best we can and present it as best we can the way the Lord presents it in Scripture with the attitude of Scripture. And the reason I'm saying that is is because Aaron has no idea what I'm about to preach. And uh, he has a word. Um, yeah, and it was really cool to hear uh, Stephen speak as well. I was uh, During worship, was just kind of praying, and I felt like God had a word, and I felt like God was saying that, um, you know, as Christians, when we're kind of, as the song says, you know, when we're lost in the storm or, or anything, we can look to Jesus for guidance. We can always ask, you know, hey, what would Jesus do in this situation? How would he handle it? Um, and Jesus was just, I, I feel like God was really strongly saying that in each one of our lives, believe it or not, there are people who don't know him that are looking to us that way, that are saying, you know, they're in the midst of a storm, they're in the midst of death, they're in the midst of whatever, and they're looking around and they're saying, God, I wonder what Alex would do in this situation. I wonder what Joe would do. I wonder what Drew would do. I wonder what Aaron would do in this situation. Um, and God was saying that that's happening all the time. It's happening constantly because as a Christian, people just know whether you say it in the middle of a meeting or not, people just know that that's the lifestyle that you lead. Um, and God was just saying that's an incredibly humbling place. And he was saying, just stay humble, continue seeking him, because the time to minister to those people is coming. Whether it's they will ask you, whether they say, hey, can you tell me about this Jesus fella? Whether it's something that obvious or whether it's just every day they see the example that you're leading, they see what you're doing, and it's just drawing them closer and closer to Jesus, whether they know it or not. That time is coming. It's continuing to come. Just stay humble. Stay seeking him, and that time will come. And so today we're going to continue on our love series. Uh, we're going to be uh, in a couple places, but we're going to look at 1 John chapter 4 mostly. So if you have your Bibles open there, we're going to talk about three things. First, the charge of love. We're going to look at the creator of love and then the crown of love. So we're going to look at three different aspects of how we are to receive God's love and then be witnesses of his love to the world. Um, where people are really trying to get, how many know that, that love is something that is desperately needed uh, right now? In, in our in our culture and an understanding of the purity of a godly love agape love you know people are looking all you know last week we talked about this mindset of uh, of a new idea or a a, a new a way of looking at things that the world is trying to present outside of god's way of looking at things it's a alternative approach an alternative thinking about different topics especially love, that is presented by the world. And there are, uh, you know, especially teenagers and young people are looking to, to, for love. And they're, they're getting all kinds of definitions about what love really is. 
and how to express love. You know, how do I express it, you know, and, and what's okay and what's not okay? You know, all those things are, are being processed by the world, and the world is giving really bad definitions of what love is. And there's only one way that we can love like God loves, and that is to, to understand who He is, that He is love, and how He loves. Somebody wrote, if you love something, you set it free. If it comes back, it was always, it will always, uh, it was and always will be yours. If it never returns, it never was yours to begin with. You ever heard that? Well, let, me, let me add a little bit to it. This is, this is something that I just want to add to that nice quote. If it just sits in your living room and messes up your stuff, eats your food, stays glued to the iPhone, takes your money, and never behaves as if you actually set it free in the first place, you either married it or you gave birth to it, one or the other. I'm just... <laughs> We're all looking for love. It's what the world needs, but we get mixed up. First and foremost, we've got to come to the realization what the Word of God says about love. And we have to align ourselves with what it says, no matter how hard it is or where, where we are in it. And so I'm just going to read a, a, a group of uh, passages of Scripture, and then what we'll do is we'll kind of dissect some of those Scriptures as we go along and, and, uh, and just talk a little bit about the love of Jesus. So 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 12, this is from the English Standard Version. It says this, Beloved, that's you and me, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever agapes. Now, you have to understand, this is not the world's definition of love. This is God's definition of love. If you can love like God, you've been born of God. If you cannot love like God, you haven't been born of God. You need to be able to separate those things. Because there is a love that the world describes as love that anybody can do and doesn't know God. It's just the ability to have a purity in love, a non-sensual, necessarily uh, unperverted love that's holy and pleasing to God. In this love of God, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. He stood in the gap. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. You have to understand that if God agape us, then we ought to agape one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God, if we agape one another, God abides in us, and His agape is perfected in us. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 and 10 says this. 
Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Isn't it interesting that that's in the same sentence? Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. I sent you my boy Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in every church. There's a reminder is what Aaron was saying as we represent God and we teach. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. This is from the New Living Translation. This is actually when it is talking about how to operate in spiritual gifts. But what I want you to see in this passage of Scripture is that this is what love looks like. This is, these are the attributes of love, agape. Agape is patient and it's kind. It's not jealous or boastful or proud. I want to stop there just one moment, one moment. One of the things that I'm discovering in, in the midst of this whole building and permitting thing and all the stuff we got going on around here, I don't know if you guys have noticed, if, if you're close to what's going on, it's like we hit a daggum hornet's nest with a baseball bat as far as the demonic influence it's attacking. I mean, it's just like, you know what it's coming through? It's coming through Christians oftentimes. It's coming through, uh, you know, the permitting process. It's coming through, you know, there's, I'm telling you right now, that it's coming through jealousy. It's, it's coming through my ministry, quote, unquote. This is my ministry. This, it's coming through that kind of stuff. And what this passage of Scripture is saying to us as a congregation of believers, hey, 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 hey. That's the way the enemy works. You're letting him in. That's not what love looks like. Love looks like this. It's not proud. It's not jealous. It honors each other more than it honors yourself. You, you, you are encouraged when somebody else is prospering or is excelling in the church. You're not jealous of an individual that's doing that or, or a school or, or a college that's coming. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, I've heard stuff about that in you know in the community we had some guy out here yesterday taking pictures of the place it's really funny Not too late we got permits they didn't like our trailer sitting there i guess but you just know all that stuff's going on the reason i'm saying all that is because god is saying as aaron was saying that we've got to make sure that this is what we are emulating it's patient. It's not proud. It's not irritable. It's not jealous. It keeps no record of wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices when truth wins out. It never gives up on people. It never loses faith. It's always filled with hope because God's in charge, and we know He is, and it's agape, and we understand agape because we understand the Father. And endures through every circumstance. There's nothing that love won't endure through. Nothing. It's the, and it's the love of God. 
and, and, and it is penetrated in every relationship. Friend relationship, marriage relationship, work relationships. Even negative work relationships. Love works in every circumstance. And so we're going to look at the charge of love, the creator of love. We need to know what he's like and who he is. And then we're going to look at how we're to wear that so that people see the love of God when they see you and me. It's the crown of love. It's wearing that love. So the charge of love, John 13, 34 and 35 says this. This is from the English Standard Version. A new commandment I give to you, Jesus says, that you love one another, that you agape one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Is the Lord screaming at us today? I mean, it's almost like he's shouting, get this right, church. Get this right. By this, all people will know that you are disciples. How? If you love one another like I love you. When, when Benjamin Franklin was trying to get people in Philadelphia interested in street lighting, you know what he did? He didn't go around trying to sell people a street light. What he did was actually put a street light on the side of his house. And when everybody walked by, they saw the street light and they wanted one. <laughs> and so before you knew it, he had a whole community desiring what he had, looking for and calling for what he had created. It's exactly what God just said through, through Aaron and what he's saying through this scripture as we look at it. There was great enthusiasm and interest toward that. There was a study uh, that disclosed that it, uh, if a mom and dad attend church regularly, that 72% of their children remain faithful. If only dad, 55% remain faithful. If only mom, 15%. If neither attend regularly, only 6% remain faithful. It's not what we say. It's actually what we do that, that makes a difference. And so what Jesus is saying is you've got, to, you've got to love one another. You have to make sure that you outdo one another in showing honor to one another. And when you live a lifestyle of that, then people will know that you're in relationship with me. And that is being a witness that's what witnessing is. It's not tracks. It's not ringing doorbells. It's not making phone calls. It's not going to Mexico. It is being transformed to the point where you emulate God. And then you can go to Mexico to Greenville, to Charleston, and everywhere you go, you're a witness. People will know that you are with God. So we, we've been charged by Jesus to love like he loves. And so if we are to love like he loves, the, first, the, the thing that we've got to do is we've got to understand that 
we are in relationship with the creator of love. And if we don't have a good picture or a good understanding of how God loves us, then we can't uh, actually emulate that very well. So what is your view of the Father? What is the picture that you have of God? What's he like in your heart and in your mind? Is he, is he a judge? Is he mean? Is he a weak old man? Is he far off watching us from a distance? Is he a compromising God? Is he double-minded? Is he a liar? Is he, is he not powerful? Is he able to keep his promises? Is he loving? And if he's loving, is it the distorted love that I learned from a broken family? Or is it perfect love? Is it pure love? And if it is pure love, and if it's not broken love, how am I supposed to discover it? One of the things that I see, especially, and I thank you for your testimony, and you sang it beautifully. But, but I, you know, to me, when, when we're struggling with stuff as Christians, what I see is I see people trying to, to be victorious, and they have a desire to be victorious in the things of God. But, but, but they have to understand, and they fail to understand, that Christian radio isn't going to make you victorious. We listen to Christian radio as if it's enough to keep us going in our faith. I'm just calling it what it is. And the truth of the matter is that we have to engage our God with the Word of God so that He can reveal His love for us. We listen to the book of Hosea. Have you ever read the book? You know what the book of Hosea is about? It's about a hooker. It's about a prostitute and a prophet. And, and there's a comparison to the church and the prostitute and the prophet being Jesus, the husband. And, 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 the, and the Lord keeps telling the prophet, go get the whore. Constantly. That's what he says. It's in Scripture. The preacher just didn't cuss. It's in Scripture. He says, go get her. Well, you know, she has sold herself to a way of thinking and doing that is contrary to my way of thinking and doing because it's profitable for her. And it's exactly what the church is doing. And I'm going to always woo the church. I'm going to always come after the church. And when we see the love of God, our, our understanding about the love of God needs to, needs to uh, be broad enough where we understand that if you are being obedient to the will and the ways of God, 
that his love for you is going to be expressed differently. Just like your love, your, the love of a father or mother would be expressed differently toward a child who is doing exactly what they're supposed to do or a child who is doing absolutely the opposite thing they're supposed to do. Do you love both children? Yes. Is love expressed in a different way toward each child? Absolutely. Is it still, can it still be pure? Absolutely. So God's love is broad and it doesn't treat everybody the same because we're not in the same place. There's, there's places where we get disobedient to the will and the ways of God that God's love is, is corrective. So, he does, so we don't stay in that place of defeat. But he's always coming after us. Because he gave his all for us. He's a loving father. When you read the prodigal son story, you see a loving father. He throws his arms out to a son who has totally botched everything possible. You know, it's amazing to me, no matter how bad you botched it. <laughs> What's a botch anyway? <laughs> Botching it means making decisions to do things contrary to the way God says do them the father says do them that's botching it you're basically you're basically saying i'm going to do it this way the only time that you ever have to worry about god is if you choose to sin it's hard for me to think about a believer who would actually say i know what god says i don't care i want this so badly i'm going to do it anyway and expect the kingdom of God to come about. Now, here's the problem with that sentence that I just, just said. Oftentimes, when we have a wrong view of the Father or the wrong view of love, we're blind. We're absolutely, you know, I was listening to an old song by the great prophet, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, who sang the song. Huh? <laughs> she says Vince Gill. I've been listening to Vince. Vince Gill can sing, but that's not the one. Michael Bolton, Michael, the great prophet, Michael Bolton. <laughs> yeah, he's not a prophet. But anyway, not that I know of yet. He could be. I mean, God could save him. And he, but he, he was he was singing the song, and 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 it's just it said you know. When you, you love somebody so much they can treat you like dirt and, and you can't even see that they're treating you like dirt because love is blind. That's, that was the basics of the song. And that's where we get. We want something so bad. We love it so that we can't even see that we're not even lining up with the way God said line it up. We want it so desperately our way that we can't even see where we are. And so we determine in our mind's eye, you can see this with teenage boys especially. Well, probably teenage girls too. I just don't relate to them as much. And I have a 19-year-old, and I see it all the time. 
where you've got this mind's eye, I'm going to do it this way, like this. I don't care what daddy says. I'm sure you guys who have children have never experienced that before. <laughs> we, we all have done that, right? But to do that with the creator of all things, that's kind of bold. But we do it. And I think the number one reason we do it is because love is blind. And we have a wrong definition of love. Therefore, we buy into that thought process. Therefore, we justify where we are and don't have sober judgment to it. Therefore, we love it. We're the prostitute. We have prostituted ourselves to a way of thinking to the point that we can't even see the truth until God brings some semblance of discipline to us. And at every moment, what he does is he brings revelation to our condition. He does the same thing that he did with Adam. He says, where are you, Alex? Where are you, Alex? What are you doing? And I go, how did I get here? Well, I got here by, buying, by loving something in a way that was outside of the way God loves. And I loved it so much that I moved away from God's way. And that's so hard in the church because we think we're Christians and we're saved, and we are, and we want kingdom, and he wants kingdom for us. But there's only one way to bring kingdom, and it's not committing to Christ when you were 11. It is doing his way and his word. And when you do those things, his way and his word, then it will make you prosperous. And so we serve this loving God, this creator of love, who loves us like a loving father, and he's, he's good. He, he throws his arms around us every time we come back to his way. And there's nothing in this world or in the invisible realm that can separate you from God's perfect love. It is always available to you and me. We just have to choose it. We just have to say yes to it. And we have to say yes to it to the point where we know God so much and we're walking with him so much that we actually can emulate it. That the power of God that it lives in us, it works in us, that can heal any circumstance, any dry bone area, any death area, anything that the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy, God can heal it all. He can do it through you as you emulate him. And so there's a way to raise your children that looks like God. There's a way to do every aspect of things that looks like God, and it brings about good. And so no matter where we're at, no matter where you are, no matter what you're facing, know that God loves you, he's there for you, he wants his love to redeem the situation if you'll just lock on to what his love looks like and do it the same way. And that then becomes this crown of love. It's, it's a crown. It's the best love. It's the most excellent love. It's the greatest love. It's the highest love. It's the supreme level of love that could ever be expressed. And there's only one way to express it, and that is to come into a love relationship with Jesus Christ 
get to know him so much, hang out with him so much. And how you do that is understand his word, not Christian radio, even though Christian radio is a good thing. You, you've got to be in his word. You've got to understand his love for you. You've got to understand that his love sometimes is discipline towards you. Sometimes his love for you is actually him taking his hand off of you and letting you reap what you're sowing. But that's the scariest place I'd ever want to be is the hand of God removed from my life even though I'm a believer so that I can reap this, this consequence of what system of thinking, what alternative way that I've adopted because I love whatever it is so that I want to justify my way of doing things and I've aligned myself with that and God has to take his hand off of me and let me reap what that way of, that alternative way of thinking actually produces. And then once I reap that, then he's there with arms wide open saying, my way's still available. W would you like to try it? it? It'll work for you. It's good. It's the way I designed it to start with if you'll just begin to adopt it. But how you do that is to walk in humility and surrender and not decide that your way is right. I can't tell you how many times in Scripture it says, and, and they did what was right in their own eyes. Over and over and over and over again in Scripture. And he's talking to the church. And so there's, a, there's the potential because of what Jesus did, that we can crown ourselves with the love of God. This, is, this happens in uh, verse 9 of, of, of 1 John. This is how God showed us love among us, that he sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. Say that. We might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And there's uh, some German scientists who didn't have anything else to do. And so they counted the hairs on the, on the human heads, the different human heads. And they found a varying number depending on hair color. That's interesting for some of you ladies. I don't know what they would discover about your head. There were more on the head of a black-haired woman than there was a red-haired woman, or brown than black, or bl blonde than brown. The black-haired woman has about 110,000 hairs on her head, and a blonde around 140,000 hairs on their head. The average woman with a thick head of hair will lose up to 100 hairs a day. So ladies, don't fret. <laughs> It's not all hormones. Some of it is just natural stuff. Such losses are increased somewhat if the hair is long and becomes entangled and you brush it or comb it. Okay. The average man shaving every day. Guys, you ready? Removes a beard about 1 of an inch in length. This means that between ages 20 and 65, he removes 23 feet of beard. Oh, Hallelujah. It's almost November. <laughs> Matthew 10, 29 says this, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. 
Fear not. Therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Never be afraid of God unless you're sinning against him. Always believe that behind what seems difficult and mysterious, there's a God with a great heart towards you. He is good, he is tender, and he can't do wrong. He is right. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, But God shows his love for us that while we were messed up and making choices outside of his, Christ died for us so that he could crown us with his love and pay for our sins on the cross. Jesus says there's no greater love than this that we lay down our lives for our friends. And that's what he did for you and me. So we have to really understand that God first loved us and then we've been made right with him and that we are now vessels, temples of the Holy Spirit and we have access to, to the revelation and have understanding and have the ability to understand in a more, a broader sense, in a, in a more, um, in a deeper way what the love of God really is and how, much, how contrary that love of God looks from the love that's being portrayed in a world that doesn't understand love at all. And he wants to pour the revelation of that love out on his church. And as we receive that, his spirit will remind us of everything he is. And as he does that, it transforms the way we think. And because it transformed the way we think, we begin to act differently. And when we start act differently, people start recognizing the fact that we're Christians. And then they say to themselves, what would Alex do? What would Aaron do? What would Jesus do? Can I be in relationship with him too? Can I have revelation? And of course, the love of God is reaching out to them, wanting to reveal who he was and what he did for them as well. But that's the gospel. That's it. It's the love of God poured out on all of mankind. And it's the church emulating what that love looks like to a broken system of thinking. Do you volunteer? Here I am, Lord. Send me. Amen? Let's stand for closing prayer. <laughs> wow. Father, I've never seen a time in history in my 58 years. <laughs> Somebody just whistled. That's not funny, Lord. That's just not funny. 58 years where the world didn't understand or the world had a wrong view of what love was and so desperately needed to have revelation of agape love, the love of God, and the plan of God to redeem the alternative thinking 
about love. And the truth, Lord, in your word says you are love. And there's no way to love, agape love, without you. So, Father, as the church, as believers, we recognize that what we've discovered about your love hasn't taken us where we want to be. And so we give you permission to give us revelation, more revelation of your love, your nature, and your character. And as we see it, we choose to align ourselves with it so that the world can see you through us. I thank you for that, God. I ask you to pour yourself out on this body of believers. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen.